Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. It is almost 1230 here on a Wednesday, which means congratulations. You've made it halfway through the week. Another weekend is on the way. Unfortunately, I can't promise, you know, Super Bowl weekend this week, but it will be quite exciting, especially if you're a Husker Hoops fan, uh, because Sunday, uh, at least one player of the basketball team I I saw earlier today on Twitter is calling for a no-sit Sunday. That is as good as Nebraska basketball has been in a while um, that they are now trying to get the fans motivated and I expect a full crowd there. Now no sit Sunday is hard to replicate because um, that game was pretty much for an automatic or not an automatic bid but um, for getting a a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. Nebraska not quite there Um, and uh, Austin were you Austin by the way in for Rico. I'm not Rico. Yeah you're not Rico. Yeah you can hear that in his voice you can see it on on our streams Uh, but what were what are your memories from No Sit Sunday? Were you were you uh, there? Were you around? Kind of. I, I was not there. I don't remember a whole lot about the game other than that I know it happened. Yeah. Uh, I remember the conversation leading up to it because it was the first time in seemingly forever that Nebraska had a chance. We do this thing where wherever Nebraska wins a game, it's tournament. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. This is the one. <laughs> I, I I. It's hard hard not to because yeah. I just haven't seen that much success. But that was a day that we all knew, okay, this is actually happening. And from start to finish, just the environment, hearing about it, being in there, that's when you knew this was, okay, this is the one, this is actually happening. Yeah, because if you remember that year in Nebraska, it it, it took a run to kind of put themselves in that position. So, you know, ultimately, even with that uh, that win against top 10 Wisconsin, uh, because they didn't fare well at the Big Ten tournament, um, they were 11 seed. So it's not like the team was just absolutely a lot going into no sit Sunday, but I'll never forget that. And I was up in the 300 section, um, eventually moved down to storm the court by the end. Uh, well find done. My, find myself announced Tommy. So uh, signed somebody had brought. So that was kind of fun. Uh, but in any case, um, it was at least in the 300 section from just about anybody you ask, like, that's a that's a ridiculous ask of anybody of, of any crowd. Like, there's not going to be a hundred percent of the people that stand up the whole time. I never saw anybody sit. Good. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy that people fell through with it. And again, Sam Greasel saying no sit Sunday. Uh, maybe this week. Uh, Maryland coming to town. Nebraska's won three of four. The energy in Husker hoops is is at a place that it hasn't been obviously under Fred Hoiberg. Uh, and it certainly has been quite a long time since Nebraska's gotten there. If they can win against Maryland, that will put them at five hundred after last night's win on the road in Piscataway at the Jersey Mike's Arena uh, got them up to 13 and 14, 6 and 10 overall in Big Ten play and another ugly mark for another Big Ten team as far as their tournament resume goes but the more Nebraska wins, the less ugly I suppose <laughs> it gets uh, you know, maybe it's a, I don't know, at this point maybe Penn State's uh, hoping Nebraska gets a few more wins for their own tournament Well, resume. and vice versa, Nebraska wants Penn State to pick them up as yeah. well because in Nebraska at 6 and 10 is still in 12th in the yeah, Big Ten, which yeah. is, again, not that 6-10 and 10 is good, but my goodness, it feels like a big step forward that you're still in the play-in. So Nebraska yeah. needs Penn State and Wisconsin to win a couple big ones to look better, 
but also lose so Nebraska can catch up to them. Rutgers is still a top half of the conference team, probably a, a seven seed, mm. probably, but that's on thin ice right now. Rutgers still has work to do to get a better draw. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Once you get to, like, uh, past the, the Big Ten tournament, like what these teams will be seeded in the NCAA tournament, Purdue's probably a number one seed, uh, if not a two. I mean, they'll be mm-hmm. right up there. After that, I don't know if you're going to have, like, the traditional, oh, here's the, the four seed and here's a couple five seeds. I mean, I, I think you're you're falling back. I mean, we'll see what Indiana, I mean, who can, who can finish up hot obviously matters. If you can kind of stay in that single-digit loss category, um, you know, that positions yourself pretty well. Um, but, I mean, you're just looking at that where Nebraska is, like you said, six and 10 in conference play, but they've separated themselves. They've put themselves kind of in this tier, I suppose, along with Penn state and Wisconsin. Um, that's, that's kind of is going to be fighting to get out of that Wednesday game. Ohio state mm-hmm. somehow has let the season get away. Uh, they're three and 11 in, in conference play. Interesting times up there, Minnesota one and 12, clearly the, the bottom of the big 10, but like you said, a six and 10 team, usually that's not going to be, um, the, the 12th place team in the league. And for Nebraska, I don't think you worry too much about that. You've got four games left, three at home. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you can if you can get to eight wins, it's hard to imagine you'd be playing on Wednesday, but... You probably you will. will. You might, yeah. You probably will at this point because there's just that whole logjam. Penn State's a half game up on Nebraska. Those two teams split that series. Wisconsin, uh, you know, game and a half up on Nebraska, one in the win column, two in the loss column. But you have head-to-head over them. Michigan, you don't have head-to-head over. They're at eight wins right now. Rutgers, you have head-to-head. They're at eight. But finishing at eight wins, I think, is the optimistic end-of-season scenario for Nebraska. You're right. They've played themselves up into kind of that middle tier, which is basically everyone except Ohio State, Minnesota, and Purdue at this point. Right. But they're still the bottom of the middle tier. Nebraska should be favored against Maryland. Maryland has been wretched on the road. You can't lose to Minnesota. And then Nebraska's underdogs in its final two games, even if they win these next two. Mm. Michigan State's just better. That, to me, is the biggest game on the schedule. Not as hot as they were earlier in the season. Though. But still better than Nebraska. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Still more talented. Not not no, not unwinnable, yeah. but it, it'd be an upset. And then going on the road to Iowa, they're going to be angry. Yeah. That's a big one down the regular <laughs> season. So everything is on the table for Nebraska at this point. It, it controls its own destiny as much as it can, you know, for being 6-10 and 10 in right. the conference. But it, say Nebraska goes 2-2 two and two in these next two games, and you finish the regular season a game below 500 in 8-12 and 12 in conference, that's fine. That's fine. It's successful enough. Yeah. And, and it, it is. I mean, if Nebraska... I mean, just even coming into the season when you weren't thinking the injuries would hit, if you would have told me preseason they get seven Big Ten wins, I said, that's about what I'm looking for. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty darn solid. Uh, and Fred Hoiberg has kind of had to reinvent this team through the injuries. And, and clearly, I mean, I said it last night, put the dirt on any discussion, on the, on the grave <laughs> any discussion of Fred Hoiberg not coming back with, with how impressive this has been. Um, and then the other thing that you kind of, that continues to be a story is how good Casey Tominaga has been and what does that kind of mean uh for him moving forward you know because there's all sorts of questions about you know nebraska what do you have coming back next year if if you're kind of looking at that the key is bringing back casey which midway even through the season would have been like yeah it's a nice piece now it's like that might be a preseason all big 10 type of guy Ooh, 
uh, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. He needs, I need I'm, to see another offseason of development because yeah. he's been fun. He's played some awesome basketball the last couple weeks. I'm still not sold that you can build a team around him and his talents. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can, but I think Casey's best is a second or third option. If he's the option for Nebraska next year, I'm a little worried. I'm a little nervous. Not to say he can't. Yeah. I just want to see a little bit more before I go all in on Casey Tomanaga, number one option. That's interesting because he's been the number one option, uh, you know, the last four games, and you're three and you know three and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing it better than what they've done for a while, and and you wonder too. And and this is part of the discussion that people are kind of having is like, wow, it would have imagined him playing like this if you had Vandemil and Gary. And you you keep mm-hmm. coming back to what I keep coming back to is like, I don't think it happened. I don't think no. he'd get the green light. I don't think mm-hmm. that this would be uh, this would have developed this way. Remember, Casey is a guy that um, was kind of seen in, as kind of the spark guy off the bench. Um, you know, can get your second unit rolling or be one of the first guys to you know somebody you could rely on as offensive production off the bench. Um, but I'm fascinated to see how it goes. I know he's really tiny, but I, it, it kind of or not not really tiny. Yeah. but he's small for a, a basketball player. Six two is pretty tall in general. Uh, but. Uh, you know, in it, it kind of reminds me, and and maybe this is just because I'm a Celtics fan, but when <laughs> when the Celtics got IT? Isaiah Thomas, yeah, yep. this is the same type of thing. He was kind of a bench player in Phoenix, but a really good one. And then they brought him into Boston, mm-hmm. and he it was it was still just his height. Nobody could get over it. Nobody could say, yeah, you can build around that guy. And eventually, his height caught up to him because he went to the paint too much and got hurt. <laughs> uh, but for one season, he was. MVP Isaiah Thomas, not just not of the team, like in the <laughs> league, uh, you know, I, I mean, not the actual MVP, but like second or third. I mean, he was he was that darn good, averaging around 30 points. What I'm saying is, is if Hoiberg can keep the, or excuse me, not Hoiberg, not a similar size guy, but uh, Tominaga, <laughs> if he can keep this up, um, I don't know if you're averaging 20. You're an all Big Ten type of player, and and mm-hmm. again to your point, we don't know if this is just a hot stretch or kind of how it goes, but. It's tough to say, hey, hey, Casey, we don't, we're not going to need you to shoot 12, 14 shots to, at this point. Well, yeah, he has to, point yeah. and simple. He does so much for Nebraska. And I think last night was a great step in the right direction for Casey because if you look at the guys that were matched up against him from Rutgers, all of them had at least two inches of height on him, if not more. That's a big team. That's a physical team yeah. that didn't play up to its usual level you know, of physicalness. But Casey was off early. But he he took it. He didn't get punked. He stepped up big in the second half. So to do that against a team built like Rutgers, there's there's something to Casey. Just how much something, I don't know. But I was impressed with how he played against a team built like Rutgers last night. Yeah. And, of course, another another big storyline was C.J. Wilcher starting and, and, and Homecoming. really going off in the first half. Ended up with five three-pointers. A little bit of foul trouble kind of kept him uh, at bay there in the second half. But uh, very, very, very much needed and something that – I think, and you don't want to like, you don't want to focus on it too much, but because you're just going to want to keep it going. But I think that that is part of kind of the missing piece that we've seen from this team. A lot of people are saying that was that was the most complete game we've seen from Nebraska. It's hard to argue with. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, part of it might have been the press. I think they allowed them to get a few more assists than they usually do. Um, but in general, uh, Nebraska did a good job of breaking down the press. And, and this wasn't a game where you're going, ah, Nebraska uh, swung up and punched them. Like, Nebraska looked like the better team throughout a majority of that game. Now, mm-hmm. throughout a majority of the season, no. But for that game, that's why that was a complete game. And part of it is having another flamethrower out there. Best win of the Hoiberg era? Yeah, I think. Maybe? Yeah. Probably. There. Yeah. Um, that Creighton one was pretty good, too. <laughs> Creighton. Yeah, that's in in the discussion. 
beating Wisconsin the way they did on Brad Davison's senior day will always hold a special place in my yeah. heart. And even Ohio without State Bryce. at the end of last season. Yeah, without Bryce. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but in, in any case, uh, best win, um, that's up for debate. But this team being where they are at this position um, – still with an under 500 record, mind you. It's still the best, uh, I think, position that the Hoiberg's had him on, unless you you want to count early season success against Creighton in, in, in the dreams there. But uh, Creighton, by the way, a good win now. Uh, you know, kind of <laughs> they're kind of shifted throughout the season where it's like, uh, that team's actually not very good. And now they're back in the top 25. So, uh, although they did lose last night. But uh, that'll be interesting to kind of follow along. Uh, once again, Austin in for Rico here on the Ticket Water Cooler. I'm Jake Bakovin. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a few more segments to get through here. Uh, before we make room for happy hour. So we'll talk uh, more Husker sports, uh, maybe jump into the big visitor weekend coming up here, March 25th, kind of what that can mean for Nebraska. All-Star weekend coming up for the NBA and also uh, an interesting bill uh, out there from a Florida senator that I think will be interesting. We'll talk about that coming up next here on uh, 93.7 The Ticket. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. We'll be back.